In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. I wanted to start off today by reading a couple of statements, really, from Elder Zacharias of Essex. He says in his book, Remember Thy First Love, all things great and meaningful to man take place in his heart. All the battle, he says in another place, is engaged to acquire a free heart. Our entire struggle in this life is aimed at discovering our deep heart because that is the, where, is the place where God manifests himself. We all want to produce good things in our life. We all want to grow. We want to come better. We want to produce good fruit. And all of us are working hard to produce what we think is good for our lives. Beyond the necessities of life, so often our efforts and our toil, really, are aimed at producing good, but they revolve around entertainment, pleasure, comfort, wealth, security, happiness. Of course, these are all good things, but as, God, as Father Matthew reminded us and underlined for us last week, we have a good God who loves us, and we are called by him to bear good fruit in our hearts, and how easy it is for us to be distracted. In our pursuit of the good that we imagine we need, it can prevent us from our bearing the truly good fruit, the fruit that will last, that will lead us to the kingdom. How often do we neglect our hearts? How often do we spend all of our time in our head solving life's problems, figuring out the next step, and often figuring out how to make our lives more comfortable, more peaceful, more pleasurable. But the highest and greatest fruit, the greatest good that we can bear is to live in communion with God, to abide in Him and He in us. This was the very reason we were created. Now today we read the parable of the sower, famous, one that probably most of you are familiar with. I like to think of it as the parable of the gardener, because sower doesn't really resonate with us so much. But I, I talked recently to a, a priest friend who said this was one of his least favorite to, uh, to preach on. I, I don't know if it's my favorite to preach on but it is one of my favorite gospel passages. In fact, when I'm working in my garden, I think about this parable literally all the time. Now in the readings of the Desert Fathers, or in the sayings of the Desert Fathers, there's a, a little episode where a monk comes to Abba Moses to ask for a word. And Abba Moses says to him, go sit in your cell, and your cell will teach you everything. I've often thought to myself, go work in your garden, and your garden will teach you everything. 
I'm not sure if that's really true, but I know that I have learned a lot of spiritual things in, in my garden. And I do believe that everyone can benefit spiritually from tending a garden, however small, even if it's a few pots. Firstly, because it reminds us of this parable and the word of God. And it helps us dig up the meaning in this parable. Secondly, because gardening cannot be rushed according to our will. We have to be patient. It forces us to spend time on our knees. And for me, gardening is a very humbling experience. Now in this parable, Christ offers us this beautiful and obvious metaphor. It's obvious because, well, he explains it to us. And I think this is why my friend said he didn't really like to preach on it very often because uh, there didn't seem to be very much left after the Lord's words. But because it's so familiar, there's a temptation for us to say, oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. And it bounces off our head, or maybe penetrates our head, but it doesn't necessarily linger in our heart. So forgive me, I'll offer a few words that will help this gospel to linger, to linger in our hearts, to sit with it, to ponder it for a few minutes. And as it says, to you has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And the mysteries of God need time to sink into our hearts. Now the gospel begins with a sower scattering seed or planting seed. And the seed, Jesus tells us, is the word of God. The seed lands on a variety of types of ground, types of soil. And Christ tells us that the soil represents our hearts. There are three kinds described by Christ. And I think these describe the various conditions of our heart. And so I will move back and forth between heart and soil. And I may accidentally mix my metaphor. So the seed, the word of God that falls on the hard path. The hard path is that part of the garden that has been beaten down and compressed and trampled. It's important for a gardener to make sure that he doesn't walk on places that he's going to plant. Because if he does, he'll compress it and essentially make a path. Have we allowed our hearts to be like this? Have we trampled on the good soil of our hearts by allowing things into our heart that feed our passions, especially heart-hardening pride and judgmentalism? The world and its way of thinking beats us down and crushes us. It crushes all that God has planted, and it makes us hard, and it prevents his word from penetrating our hearts. St. Nikolai Velimirovich, in his commentary on this gospel, says that the wise spiritual gardener, like a real gardener, builds a fence around his garden to keep the world from trotting on and packing down a path through his heart that can't be penetrated by the word of God. The second kind of soil our Lord describes is the rock or the stony ground. And this probably to some degree describes all of us 
especially when we first come to Christ, or maybe describes us now. Our pride is deep, and we hear the word of God in the thin soil of our flesh, the, sin, the, the thin soil of our heart. And we may even exult that we've found the truth. We have the truth. We're in the right church. And we grow for a while. And we may notice, after a while, as trials begin, our faith weakens. We might begin to wither. And then we have two choices. We either fall away, as so many do, or we realize the hard and painful work that will be required of us, digging and removing those stones, removing the hardness of our heart. This is our repentance. Have you ever had a chance to drive by farmland, lush farmland? I was in England many, many, many years ago, and there were all these farms, beautiful, lush, lush pastures, and they were all surrounded by these stone walls. Stone walls that seemed to go forever, about, about this high, about this wide. And it made you think, where did all those stones come from? Well, those stones were dug painstakingly from those lush fields bearing fruit. And if we, as weak people, desiring only our bread and fruit that passes away, can toil to lift all the stones, spend time in our hearts, digging out that pride, that judgmentalism, and all those hard parts that keep us from growing in Christ. Jesus also describes the thorny soil. This, I believe, is the condition most of us find ourselves in most of the time. Who here does not have a heart full of thorns and thistles and weeds? The cares of life, they constantly spring up. They threaten to distract us. They tempt us and they confuse us. Any of you have distractions or temptations or confusion sometimes? This is that, those thorns that we allow to grow up. They choke out the truth. They choke out the word, word of God that would bear fruit in us. As some of you know, I try to maintain a little garden. And the principal activity in my garden is not, well, it's just weeding. I spend more time pulling weeds than anything else. Trying to dig out the roots, but it seems that most of the time I pull and the root re remains. And I say to myself, I'll, I'll see you again. <laughs> but when I'm in the garden, I'm thinking the same things about my sins. The same things about the struggles and the challenges and the thorns and the thistles and the cares of this life that we've allowed to grow up. In our spiritual life, it's really the same. We struggle with those same passions over and over again. The same weeds pop up and the same temptations keep coming. And there's temptation for us, well, just live with those weeds. They're, they're like wildflowers. 
It kind of looks like a ground cover. I, I don't need to pull that lead. Keep pulling, my brothers and sisters. Eventually, our good God will help us. Now, a weed-free garden is never going to happen in my house. And so likewise, a weed-free heart is never going to happen. We can expect to struggle against temptations and passions and distractions our whole life. And this is why the Lord has given us repentance for our salvation. We must, in this life, continually, relentlessly, tend the garden of our hearts. I have a neighbor, Mabel, who I've told you about. You may remember this quotation from her. She's 96 years old and walks in front of my home uh, at least twice a day now. And many, many years ago, as I was beginning gardening, she says, there's three things to know, three things um, that are required for a healthy garden. She says, the first is soil preparation. The second is soil preparation. And the third is soil preparation. Our entire struggle, as, I, as our commander Zachariah said in the beginning, our entire struggle in this life is aimed at discovering our deep heart because that is the place where God manifests himself. Age in this threefold struggle, this preparation of the soil of our heart. We have to prevent the hard paths. We have to dig out the stones. We have to pull the weeds. Not once, but over and over and over again. We have to turn our poor, weak soil into good soil for the Lord. We need to cultivate our soil so that it might bear fruit. Our commander Zacharias says in his book, Remember Thy First Love, if we are to cultivate the soil of our hearts, we will first need a plow. And our plow must be the cross of Christ. This will lead us into obedience to his word. And we will take up our own cross, and we bear our small personal cross in obedience to Christ's commandments. This cross is the pain and sacrifice involved in freeing the heart from the personal attachments and secret deceits, that it may run freely after its beloved God and call upon him. The one desire of the heart is to be one with him who joined himself to our nature, bringing it into, all his, bringing into it all his divine virtues so that we might become partakers of the divine nature. Thus, by taking up our small cross, we inherit the hidden, the hidden life in his great cross. Our cross that Christ says over and over, take up our cross and follow him, is our particular pain and sacrifice of turning the hard, weak soil of our heart into good soil. In our temptations and sufferings, our commander Zacharias goes on, it is not we who make the plans, we do not choose our cross, 
but we accept the cross that the all-wise providence of God allows in our life. God knows how big or small a cross we need, and he will give us just that cross, which is absolutely right and necessary for us to be disentangled from all our attachments so that we may run after Christ with a free heart. Taking up our cross is merely to plow the heart of our soul, of the soil of our heart, that it might bear fruit. All of our crosses are different, and they are God-given for our own salvation. But there are three crosses, three garden implements, you might say, that we all must take up, that we all must use. In obedience to Christ, we take up our cross. You've heard me say these three things before. Pray. The soil of our heart is tilled by prayer. It is amended. Good things are added. Pray relentlessly. Ask God to help us. And don't take no for an answer. Because God is going to answer us. Stay there. Pray until God begins to help. Read. Fill your minds with the word, the seeds of life, that they will be ready to be planted in our hearts. Paul says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. And three, the liturgy, where we are all now. Come with expectation. Come with hope. Come with concentration. Come on time. Come with all the softness of heart and good soil that you have. And we can be confident that Christ will meet us and he will plant seeds that will bear fruit for eternal life. We all want to bear good fruit. And only fruit produced in a good and free heart, as the gospel says, will last. Remember, we have a good God who loves us. And if we bring our hard, stony, weed patch of a heart to him every day in prayer and in his word and as often as we can in the liturgy, he is faithful 100% of the time. By his love and grace, he will soften our hearts and heal us so that we can bear fruit for his kingdom, fruit that will last. Amen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>